Get ready for your daily dose of Tuttle. The all-time greatest uh, intern slash producer we've ever had, of course, Tuttle. Tuttle in Florida. It's Tuttle's Daily Podcast. Greetings and welcome to another edition of the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hope you guys are having a great day so far. Check me out on social media, twitter.com slash Tuttle or facebook.com slash Tuttle. And if you want to check out my video, I've been kind of neglecting my YouTube channel. But if you go to TuttleTV.com, that's Tuttle with two Ds, T-U-D-D-L-E-T-V.com. That is, that's going to take you directly to my YouTube page. Make sure you subscribe and hit that bell button because if you hit that bell button, you're automatically going to get alerted anytime I put up any new content or go live. I'm going to start doing some more live streams because I'm getting up early in the morning. I'm going to knock out my podcast so I can start doing a nightly live stream on my YouTube channel because you want to go to my YouTube channel right now because I did a live Zoom show on Friday night. Wasn't happy about the entire thing, but one of the things I thought was absolutely brilliant was having Russ Rollins from the Monsters in the Morning and Jana Banana, formerly of the Phillips File, uh, two of my favorite people that I've met in radio. And I know a lot of people are going to call me out. I don't understand that. Yes, I did talk a lot of shit about Russ back in the day, but you got to understand I did that because I was angry. When I get let go from a place, I take it personally and I lashed out and Russ didn't deserve that because Russ, looking back on it, did a lot. He did more than pretty much. He's done more than most radio hosts have done. I got my top three. I got Ron Bennington. Or Well, you know what? I got my top four. Ron and Fez working with them. Russ Rollins and Bubba the Love Sponge. Now, Drew Garabo did a lot for me, and I thoroughly enjoyed my time when I was working with Drew Garabo. But once again, my crazy mind and my destructive personality, I fucked that up with Drew Garabo as well. And Drew did a lot for me. I, I grew a lot when I ended up working with him at nights at Real Radio 104.1. It didn't work out. And then I was fortunate enough to be able to work with him when he first started at 102.5 The Bone with In Your Face with Drew Garabo. And I had a blast doing that as well, too. So I got those people, and, and I've been getting a lot of heat. People have been hating on me, saying, why are you sucking up to Russ? Why are you sucking his dick or, you know, sucking on his asshole? Um, I want to make mends on everything. All the bridges that I've burned, I want to make up for those. Do I think I'll ever work with Russ again, or do you think I'll ever work at iHeart? No, hell no. I, I completely screwed that up, but I wanted to have that connection with him because it does me no good. It does nobody any good for me to just have hate for people that are working in the same industry as me. So please go to my YouTube channel. It's about a 30-minute long video, uh, TuttleTV.com. I did an interview with Russ Rollins and Jana Banana, and it was great because I didn't know that Russ had not talked to Jana since she left Real Radio. 
And it was kind of cool to see that interaction between them. And at one point, they were rifting back and forth. And I, you know, as a host, and I've learned this from Russ and Bubba and Ron Bennington, that once, you know, you got two guests on and they're going back and forth and they have that connection and it's good. The worst thing you can do is try to interject. Just let them go. And that's what I did. And I hope you, you know what? I don't even hope. I know if you're a fan of real radio, you will like this interview that I did with Russ and Jana Banana. I recorded this interview earlier. It is a good friend of mine. I met, I became good friends with his family. I met them because of soul brother, Kevin. Uh, Kevin took me over to Dirt McCoy's house. Uh, he was a part of a couple of the monster bands of the year. Uh, you also know his brother as Jeff Engelfritz. Fritz, who worked on the Phillips file, and I've always been great friends with them, and it makes me sad that I lost connections with a lot of friends that I made during my time at Real Radio 104.1, but I had a chance to sit down and talk with uh, Dirt McCoy and... This is the uh, conversation I had with him. I'm going to be uh, speaking with his brother, Fritz, as well, too, in the near future. So I hope you guys enjoy. I wanted to have this guy on that I've not talked to for a while, but he's always held a special place in my heart. Now, what do you want me to call you, Dirt McCoy? Like, you want me to, I mean, all right, so Dirt, I got Dirt McCoy on. Now, Dirt. You gotta, you gotta forgive me. Um, I'm sober, completely sober now. I haven't been drinking, yes. but I did a lot of bad things back in the day. I mean, not yes. a horrible person, but you gotta understand. I also meet a lot of people. I experimented with a lot of stuff. So, what was the band, the monster band that um, you guys had originally? Omnibus. Omnibus. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now yeah. it was right there in my head. Now you guys, did you guys? You guys did win Monster Band of the Year before, right? No, we were runner up like three years in a row, man. We never won it. God damn it. That yeah. sucks. <laughs> we were runner up to Grumpy, and then we were runner up to um, um, Bughead, and then we were runner up to Coletta. Now, I'm not saying anything bad. I mean, I've always been a big fan of y'all, the music that you did, but I got to tell you, I love Bughead. Like, I, I I don't know. Yeah. I I love that ska type shit that they did at the time. But oh, maybe sure. that was a phase I was going through. Well, you know what it is, man? It's like that whole like that whole scene of people at the time was when Bughead got into the competition, for me, that was like, okay, awesome, we're not alone now. And the only reason I say that is because like I came up with um Gargamel yeah oh god damn gargamel that is the name from the past yeah and all those bands and then we were all the bands that did like the copper rocket shows and we were part of that whole copper rocket and will scene and a lot of the bands that came through miss monster with the monster bands were literally bands that like they didn't play anywhere like i mean they they started playing after being on the show but they weren't really part of that whole scene where we all hung out and knew each other. Like we I kind of met each other through that show, which don't get me wrong, was a great thing because it gave a lot of bands who people didn't know, you know, a little bit of a, of, of a foot in the door to start playing shows. But when Bughead joined in, I'm like, awesome. I was like, we get to hang out with Nathan and Jason. Yeah. Hell yeah. 
So that was now, I never had a I never had a problem with finishing second to any of that. And I'm not like tooting my own horn or anything, but a lot of those monster bands that did win, they got to play House of Blues and Hard Rock because they opened for my band and we had to draw. Hey, let me ask you though, even though you guys were competing all the time, did you guys get along with each other though? Like, Absolutely, you... yeah, yeah. Not yeah, there was no animosity between anybody. And and now, that's what's so crazy about it. Who was the band that Kevin used to have on all the time? And if I tell you, they smoked a lot of weed. What? That's flipping my mind now. That was super villain. Super villain. And they I absolutely the love them. Gargamel crew, yeah. Now, now, did you ever meet the guys from the Nature Kids? They never did stuff with the monsters, but they did stuff with Drew at night. Yeah. Now, did, did you ever meet them? Because... I always thought he was super talented as a lyricist and, and a hip-hop type guy at the time. I We played a show with Nature Kids at the Hard Rock in, I want to say, like, 99 or 2000, like, right near the tail end of what they were doing. But um, what's funny is I always, we always got along with those guys who were, like, so even keel, man. Like, they could not even like you, and they'd still be your best friend. You know? Yeah, dude. But, he um, was... He was so super talented. You're talking about the big dude with the beard? Yes, uh huh. I, I forget his name. I can't remember now. his name for the life of me. But was it Nate? Nathan? No, I, I can't it was remember. Nate. It might have been Nate. But the guy I remember because he went on, on to like another career after Nature Kids was Andrew, and he went by the name Cracker yeah. Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He an eight bit, like eight bit um, rapper, like nerdcore rapper. Oh, dude, I ran into a bunch of them because I used to go to all the conventions. And oh. they had, I don't know if you ever caught it, they had this nerdcore hip-hop type band thing. And it was in Orlando. I forget exactly where it was. But I went out there, and that was amazing. Mad Hatter was his name. Mad Hatter McGinnis was oh. the guy. And he did, he did, like, this Super Mario rap, and then he did this Mike Tyson punch-out one. It was amazing. That's awesome, man. And, and I think that the eight-bit like music uh, revolution that happened like in the early two thousands. What was so cool about it was that it was it was so lo-fi that you mm -hmm. didn't even have to like spend a whole bunch of money recording your stuff. Like it was so lo-fi that you could literally do it in a bedroom and produce a record that everybody at the comic shops were going to be bumping that record like two weeks after you finish it. You know. And it didn't now, cost did, a lot of money, and it was so genuine and, like, true to a, a genre of people that really didn't have anything that catered to them before that. Now, you were always in a rock band, but didn't you go country there for a little while? Didn't you Didn't you draw yeah. your hand in doing some country music, yeah. too? You know, what's funny, man, is I just was thinking about this the other day. It's like when you were and uh, Kevin, when all you guys were doing SBK Live, I remember yeah. I would come into the station early uh -huh. and record whenever I would write new songs. I would come in early and meet up with you and you would take me in yeah. and record the demos for my new songs. Hell yeah. I Listen, that's how I learned a lot of production, you know, working with you doing that stuff. And then I did a couple of Jeff Howe songs as well, too, and produced those. Oh, man. Um, so, 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 so it helped me out a lot. Um, and that's the great thing about this podcast is that it's gotten back to my roots and made me fall back in love with the whole radio stuff because it's gotten me back to editing all the stuff that I did when I first got into 
radio and and I, I I'm loving it, man. I really am. Dude, it's it's it goes back to like when you got into radio and every I think everybody that gets into any form of entertainment at all. I've talked about this here. You it's it's the beginning, it's the journey. Because once you get to that part where you finally made it and you're starting to get paid, you're like, Well, what the fuck do I do next? But it's it's that when you're hungry and you're doing anything you can to get where you want to be. I know that sounds weird. No, no, but it, it's, it does, it, it, it makes total sense. But what's funny is like, and I always, re- and I, I just relate this to me, like with all the stuff I've done entertainment wise, is that you always come into it with a naive sensibility about you where you go, hey, I'm going to be, I, I want to be in a band. I want to play music. Hey, I want to do stand up comedy. And in your head, you have this, this like naive sort of approach to it is that you're going to have creative control and you're going to be an artist and you're going to do things your way. And then, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, the ugly face of, you know, Oh, it sucks, man. And then you realize that like, okay, well I got to play ball, but if I can just get like, as it used to be with the old records, it's like, if I can just get one song on a side, I'm good, you know, and I'll play the game for the rest of it. And I think it gets to that point where we're in such a, a cool spot in, in, in entertainment now is that we all have the ability to sort of do our thing and be our own producer and our own uh, creative control. And we can do it our way. And we don't it's have to changed, have other man. people telling us it's wrong. You know, it is, it, it has changed so much, man. And if a lot of people don't know, and I, I got to, you know, set this up. Um, now we were talking about your brother and if you, a lot of people don't know, your brother is Fritz. That yes. was, that was on the Phillips file. Now yes. I had a special connection with Jim Phillips, you know, because, was, you know, yeah. go, go, I mean, because I had my chances, like whenever I first applied for an internship at real radio 104.1, I got a call from both the Phillips file and the monsters at the same time. And I always imagine how my career would have been different if I would have gone with the Phillips file instead of the monsters. I'm not saying I made the wrong choice, but I used to fill in any time because when you first start into things, if they ask you to work, you fucking do it. You just yeah. do it because you're hungry. Whatever and, comes up. And, and I worked a lot of extra hours and stuck around to help out the Phillips file. And I started doing the NASCAR report and I'd go do man on the street for him all the time. And I can genuinely tell, like, I didn't, I, Mr. Phillips was kind of guarded. I'm not saying he's not a bad, you know, like he doesn't want to, you know, interact with people, but you respect him. You don't, you know, you respect his boundaries and stuff, but I feel like I know Jim well enough and I know how well your brother Fritz was doing. Because Jim has this laugh that not a lot of people recognize. But if you can get that certain laugh out of Mr. Phillips, you know that you're doing a good job. And I heard your brother Fritz get those laughs a lot when I used to listen when I was no longer there. Dude, um, I have the best Jim Phillips story ever. So uh, two things. One thing is, um, so my wife and I, we bought a house out here in Orlando. Um, oh, damn, you're married. I didn't know that. You got kids? No, no kids. No, it was it kids. No, we got three dogs. But yeah. 
I still play in five bands. I still do like all of my Damn. music. But I have uh, in a room in my house that's my studio. And mm. in my studio, my studio workstation desk is Mr. Phillips' desk. <laughs> really? When he, when he retired and Jim Colbert took over, I had asked, I said, what is Jim doing with his desk? And I was told, Jim said, I don't care if it burns with the whole rest of the building on the last day. <laughs> so I asked permission, and me and my buddy uh, Todd, we've been friends since he was six and I was seven. And we took his truck up there, and we dismantled it while Jimmy was painting his, his new office, and we brought it back to my house, and that's my studio desk now. And, now, um, now I get all of his stickers on it and everything, man. It's Jim Phillips' desk, yeah. and I have his office chair. And it was just something so, for me that I just wanted it because it's inspiring to me. If that makes mm -hmm. sense. Oh, no, I, I would have loved Jim Phillips' desk. Now, let me ask you this. I Now, and, and like I said, a lot of my radio career kind of blends together. Now, I always knew you. We talked. But I think we made that connection with you and your family, you and your brothers and stuff. Yeah. Now. We came over and hung out with you one day after me and Kevin were working the best of the monsters on a on Saturday, Saturday, right? Yep, yeah. That was a Memorial yeah. Day barbecue I had. I used to invite everybody, anybody. Like, and that's the thing with my family is like, and to this day, uh, Tuttle, I'll call you Tuttle for the podcast. Yeah. Are <laughs> you no, call me Patrick? You can call me Patrick yeah, or Tuttle. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I was gonna. I was just about to say Pat, but but yeah, um, you can call me any whatever you want. My, to this day. You can walk in the door at my parents' house and mm -hmm. your family, dude. You're old, <laughs> old you're, you'll always be family. And, um, and, and more so, um, the, you know, we judge, and I've always been the grown up this way. We judge mm -hmm. people for what they, for what they show us. Yeah. And, and, you know, the way you interacted with my family, especially my youngest brother who's autistic, mm -hmm. the way you interacted with our family. Dude, you'll mm -hmm. always be family, and if there's anything any of us can ever do to help you, we will huh. always be there right behind you, dude. I'm telling you. Well, goddamn, man. That that I I need that type of stuff. I've gone through a pretty rough year, and and you know, like personally, this is the best that I've ever done. But that's the type of shit that I like to hear. And I don't I didn't do it because I did it because I actually, you know, you got a great family. I've always thought like I've always thought you're in a you're a talented musician, but your brother just seems like he is just a natural. Like he picked it up, right? Like, oh yeah. Oh, like, yeah. give me give me an idea. Like, Fritz, you yeah. know, you talk about how young your brother Fritz was right. um, when he was playing with you. Like, did, it, did <clears throat> was he self taught? Did he just yeah. pick it up? I'll tell you the story. I'll tell you the story about how it all happened. So. My brother that's in between of us, Ryan, you met Ryan, and um, Ryan is actually a, he's the orthopedic spinal surgeon at Nemours Children's Hospital in Orlando now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he went through, like, medical school and all that, right? So at the time, um, this is going back to, like, 93, 94, um, me and Ryan, Ryan had a bass and I had a guitar, and I was writing songs. And I was, uh, at the time, I was, I want to say, maybe 15, 16. And uh -huh. Ryan was, like, you know, 13. And so we were we were playing, writing these songs, and we're like, oh, man, we need to find a drummer. And so Jeff being, you know. Oh, I forgot he was originally a drummer. 
Yeah, he was the nine, nine, ten-year-old kid, man, and he wanted to be part of this band with his brothers so bad. So I told him, I said, hey, if you ask mom for a drum set for Christmas, then you can be in our band. And mm -hmm. he got that drum set for Christmas, and within two months, we we cut our first record. Like, he, he instantly just, like, ran with it. Was he self-taught, though? Like, yeah, yeah. No lessons on anything, ever. He God plays, damn. Like, he plays 14 instruments. He's never had a formal lesson on anything. But do you want to know why I gravitated toward your toward your brother's music? I've, I mean, I've always listened to all types of stuff, but I've always gravitated to the singer-songwriter type thing. But the stuff yep. he did in Mumsy, I absolutely love. I've, I've always been a fan of that singer-songwriter and I'm not trying to like pigeonhole your brother into, no, but that type of that type of folky type, you know, just yeah. indie type shit. Does that make sense, or am I oh, yeah. way off base? No, 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 no. You're absolutely in it because you know when he started doing Mumsy, it was just him and a guitar. That was it. And yeah. um, and and like all of his early Mumsy records were when you hear the record and you're like, oh, this is a full band. No, it was just him. And he recorded every single musical part on all those records by himself. And he self-produced all of his records. But then you would go to see him at an event or at a concert and it would just be a guy and a guitar. And you're like, where's the people <laughs> on the record? And so he literally had to put a band together just yeah. to be able to play what was on the record because it was just all him. Now, I got to wrap it up soon, but what I wanted to talk to you, you said something you brought up about doing a song for the yeah, yeah. show. Like, what do you have in mind? Like, a show open? Yeah, show I was song? just thinking about, like, yeah, if we did a show open, like, I would play that, God, I would play that every single fucking show. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, I just, for some reason, man, like, I just had this whole, like, idea of, like, like, that 70s snarling like outlaw Waylon sort of yes you know, sort of yes. country sort of open because it, Dude, I, I grew up I grew up on country music I I was born and raised in Florida and Volusia County and that's all my parents listened to so I grew up in the 80s and 90s before I you know came into my own and started having my oh, own yeah. music choices so I grew up on all that country stuff. Yeah, and I just feel like I and and you know through every I mean and again I like I met you when you first came in as an intern so like I've known you almost your whole radio career actually no yep. I didn't because you started with Bo and at the Crow right well no Ron and Fez and I was with Bo and then I came over to the Monsters but right. that was I only like a year and a half two years right but and so I've always felt like you're kind of like an outlaw of radio because. <laughs> There's a ton of people out there that like say they're the outlaw of radio, but for the most part, what they're looking for is ratings. And yeah. you know, like been just like you don't, you're not chasing the ratings. You just do what you do, and like yeah, you know, and you say what you want to say. And that's why I've always thought, you know, even even there, there's even times where you say stuff where I'm like, whoa, okay, that's a little <laughs> bit too far, but it's fun because. Watching the and it's the same thing when I was doing stand up for all those years. Like yeah. I would say things that I knew were way too far and I shouldn't say, but because a lot of comedians want to hear people laugh, and to me it was just as funny to see people gasp and not know how to take yeah. what they said. And I feel like you're that way with radio that you're just like, you know, you throw it out there and you're like, you know, just say what you want to say and ask the questions that 
people are like, oh, nobody's ever asked me that. Why? Why do you? Ask me? you know? Well, it's also cost me a lot of jobs, but in this environment right now, you kind of got to be careful with what you say. So sure, listen. So so uh, plug anything you got going on. You got a website? Anybody can check out your music and stuff. I don't have a website, but I'll tell you this, like me and um, Jeff, going back to the Mumsy days, the first uh, label that signed him uh, back in 03 was called Post Records. And I'm actually, uh, the guy who started that label, him and I run it now. So we oh, no like, kidding. Yeah, we put out re- music constantly. So if you go on Spotify, um, mm-hmm. Mumsy, the entire Mumsy catalog, as of his birthday this year in January, the entire Mumsy catalog is available on Spotify. That's M-U-M-P-S-Y. The entire catalog is up. Um, mm-hmm. Fritz and I have a band together called Moon Men from Mars. Moon Men is one word, Moon Men from Mars. And we just put out um, um, like sort of a concept album on January 1st. That's I'm, my favorite thing I've ever done. Um, you can look up Dirt McCoy and the Trailer Park Refugees. My full country album is up there. And then... Um, Right now, uh, Fritz and Sabrina are working on a project called Corvus Incorporated. That's I heard about that. Incorporated, and um, I play on a bunch of those tracks as well. And uh, we actually have a song that came out um, a month or so ago where we all recorded the song from in in quarantine. So um, Sabrina sings the first verse. I sing the second. Uh, Thomas Wynn and his wife Hannah Harbour sing the third verse. And then mm-hmm. Fritz, Fritz sings the last verse, and it's called "If Your Heart Kindles Fires," and it's just like it was our way of sort of like trying to put out a song that was like kind of hopeful when a lot of people were like not really so full of hope. Uh, uh, oh yeah. And all of that stuff's available on every platform. It's on iHeart. It's on Spotify. It's on iTunes. It's on everything. So Dude, you you, you know how long I've you know how long I've been working in radio, and maybe. People don't want to give a damn about what I think, but I've worked with some pretty big radio guys. And in my opinion, Sabrina might be the most naturally talented radio person to come in and just kill it. Because let me tell you, I, I and my that's my wife back there screaming. Yes, I, I have from the first time that I met her and first time I heard her on the radio and, and I'm not. Jeff wouldn't, Fritz wouldn't care if I say this. The first time that me and him both heard her on the News Junkie, um, we both said, wow. Wow. Do you want me to be honest, though? She had a giant professional crush on her for the longest time. He's like, she's doing, she's she's like literally doing, she's not doing a character. She's just her, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and what, what sucks, and I'm not talking bad about anything, but Buckethead. Very talented radio guy, in my opinion, but I don't think he appreciated her talent because she was a star on his show, too, and she didn't really shine until she got on the news junkie. Absolutely. Yeah, and and, and here's the thing that's cool, too, man, and I'm just, you know, we started back in, I want to say it was 2016, um, uh, me and Fritz and our bass player from Moon Men we formed a band with her called Sabby's Little Helpers. And for every year when they would do the Just Okay holiday party, yeah. we would play with her as our as you know the front woman. And it started out at Cheyenne Saloon with us just playing a song in between acts as they came up. And then the last two years, we have been the uh, co-headlining event at uh, Wall Street Plaza downtown. And we close it. 
right before the 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 the, the headliner uh, comes out, and she has become something far more than she ever thought that she could yep. be because she, Hell yeah. she runs that stage. She's a she she is the front person for the band, and mm-hmm. then now when you listen to the stuff she's doing with Fritz on Corvus, she's yeah. become a singer. She's become a writer. She's become everything that she wanted to be. And it's all because she wanted to do it and she just needed someone to go, hey, here's how it's done. Okay, here's here's the playbook. You know, here's the playbook. And then she just ran with it. And like and yeah. she's she's one of the most talented dude, I will tell you this right now. Well let her know if you if you if you if you talk to her. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. I was just saying, to me, she she's one of those like once in a generation, people that comes around on radio, just like Daniel yep. Depp. I literally, yep. I feel like she is just as talented and just as poignant as Daniel Dennis is. And mm-hmm. that's not taking anything away from either one of them. I'm just saying that it's not, it's it's once in a blue moon that you get somebody that comes through in radio that can literally produce, write, and do all of their own stuff. And And Daniel, to me, when I first met Daniel, I'm like, God, man, this guy is like, could this guy have? Is there anything he sucks at? Because that's all. Nope. What does he suck at? Nothing. Nothing. And Nothing. Sabrina, well, well, if you uh, talk to Sabrina, tell her I was giving her props and 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 marking out to her. So let her know that I that I had nothing but uh, high praise of her. I will do that. Absolutely. Well, well, listen, ma'am. I really had a great time, and I'll give you a call tomorrow. Hell. Um, if I, we need to meet up and, and come up with some ideas, let me know. Dude. Um, yeah, absolutely, man. And, um, you, are you still living in the central Florida area right now? Right. Yeah. I'm in Volusia County. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're not far at all, man. I tell you yep. what, man, if you want to, um, if you want to come hang, like I, I got space here. If you want to come, uh, come hang out, uh, for a day and like crash here for the night, you're, you're totally Sounds cool. good. You know, you don't listen. I need to get out because all I do is sit at this fucking fish camp. And do my podcast all day. So yes, count Dude, me in. Funny thing, my wife, um, my in-laws, they run a fish camp in Weewahitska, Florida. <laughs> and we, we go up there twice, right off the Apalachicola River. We go up there a couple times a year and hang out with them. And it's literally thirty miles from a gas station out in the middle. <laughs> of the and they, yeah, yeah. Well, dude, this was absolutely every day. Well, dude, this was absolutely amazing, man, and I really appreciate it, man. Dude, anything I can ever do for you, all you have to do is say the word, man. I'm there. I got your back for whatever it is. Want to support the show? Go to paypal.me slash pedal on the radio. Total Wireless of Palm Bay has the best cell phone plans with no contract. And better yet, you can use any carrier network. Does your service from one of the big guys not work well for you? Are you paying too much? Call Total Wireless of Palm Bay now at 321-499-2565. Or if you're local, stop by and see them at 1851 Palm Bay Road in Palm Bay, Florida. Right now, you can get the Samsung Galaxy A10e for just $29.99 when you port your number over with plans starting at just $25. Need a family plan? No problem. We have four $100 unlimited talk, text, and data. Restrictions apply. Call Total Wireless of Palm Bay now at 321-499-2565. Hey, Tuttle Daily Podcast listeners. It's that time again. 
Charlie Alambo with his weekly segment, rambling, bit, uh, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Here's Charlie. All right, welcome back, guys. I'm really excited because uh, Charlie Alamo, Charlie has been doing a lot of stuff for my podcast, and I've become good friends with him. I think I have. Maybe he fucking hates me. Who knows? But we work very, very well together, and on the phone with me right now is the one and only Charlie Alamo. What's up, man? What's going on, Tuttle? So, <clears throat> how was your weekend, man? Uh, you know, we've talked. And I appreciate all the bits that you've been sending, but I've been trying to give you that space to decompress because I know you just wanted to take a break from everything. How was your weekend? It was actually really good. I got to go up to Lincoln, which uh, is the town that I kind of grew up in here in uh, the great state of Montana, I almost said, but uh, I don't mean that. (laughs) Uh, yeah, so I got to go up and see my grandparents and I haven't got to see them since the COVID thing because every time I went to go out there, my cousin's like, no, you can't go out there. You're going to get grandma and grandpa sick. Of course, this son of a bitch doesn't even show up for the family dinner, but he's the first one telling me not to go out there to visit them. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, how far away is that from where you live? It's about an hour and 15 minutes away. Yeah, it just seems like everything is a far drive in Montana. If you got to go anywhere almost. Um, yeah, especially for them, because they are in the middle of a valley, basically. So oh. they to go to Helena, which is the capital, is like still even about 50 minutes if it's nice out. Yeah. Uh, last night was the season three premiere of Yellowstone. And it made me think of you uh, when I was watching. It, I was like, God damn, I got to get out to Montana because it looks absolutely gorgeous. Most of the state is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I think I said it before, the whole western side of the state is pretty sweet. The whole eastern side really is just flat shithole, and it sucks. Yeah. Well, uh, how's the new job? But you don't have to say where, but how are you liking the new uh, gig? It's uh, pretty great, man. I'm working 410, so I get that three-day weekend, which is pretty sweet. Hell yeah. And... I've always liked that. Um, I've always been in support of a four-day work week. You know, and getting the 10 hours in and then having three days off. It's it's fantastic. Um, at fir- You know, the first week, especially not working for a while, was kind of like, whoa, what the hell's going on? Especially being with your also being the first week of at the job. But I like it, man. It's pretty sweet and uh, gives me a little free time. So on Mondays, I can do stuff like this. Before I move on to the topics, I'm going to talk about Friday night. I, I hope you you were realizing and noticing how I kept trying to end that hunk of shit towards the end of my Friday night broadcast. And it just kept going on and on and on. And that was all on me. Everything that happens on the show is my responsibility in the end. And I should have just been an asshole. And I don't know. I mean, what do you think I should have done? Because everything was fine until I got the uh, Key West Posse uh, coming on and they weren't giving me shit. Uh, and they just kept wanting to go on and on. And I just was wanting to end it. Yeah, they were pretty rowdy. And, uh, for people that had absolutely nothing to say. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Like I wanted to go to you and, and you know, probably where I was going because I've never met any of those people besides Terry. So I didn't know if one of them was a potential program director or sponsor. So I I was trying to be as nice as I could, 
But I already made that promise this weekend that I'm not going to let that shit happen again because it only makes me look bad. And I probably should have said something. Well, it was kind of hard to even get a word in edgewise when you got, uh, you know, the whole background of the, with the peanut gallery going on back there. I mean, you were trying you to were, you were trying to move it you, along and you couldn't. And you were cracking me up with your little like inputs here and there like, oh, that asshole with the loud pipe. You know, I'm sure he's got a small dick or something. You know, that shit was cracking me the fuck up because I was like, please, Charlie, come on help me save this bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Terry didn't really give you anything. He's kind of a hard, uh, hard guy to work with. But uh, again, yeah, yeah, yeah. again, when you're, you know, you're doing stuff well, over video chat, it's not exactly like everybody can hear each other as well. No, I mean, I'm not blaming that on Terry. And, and when I do go down there, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still not a hundred percent sure I'm going to go down there, but I've already told them when it comes to the on air stuff, the business stuff, you guys take care of that. But when it comes to me doing the radio show, you guys aren't going to have any input in that. And oh. that's just the way it has to be. Because if I don't, if I don't make it that way, I'm in danger of being in, to be look like I'm an asshole and don't know what I'm doing. Exactly. I would get that in writing as well. Yeah, I'm going to. Now, there's a couple of times, but I want to thank you for coming on on Friday. Um, it was good. I didn't, I, I, I talked to Hannah and I wasn't, I was too busy and I didn't follow the chat, but he was telling me about some of the horrible things that people were saying to her in the chat as well. Yeah, that's going to happen with uh, a bunch of middle-aged men that uh, wouldn't have the balls to say that to a chick if, let alone if she was in front of them. So that's always going to happen. You know what I mean? You know, that sucks for her, but again, you got to kind of get a little bit of a thick skin oh, and just and just kind of shrug I, it off. Yeah, I told her that's something you're going to have to get used to because people just like to be dicks or they like to, you know, say things that, like you said, they would never say to a woman, uh, you know, in her face. Yeah, exactly. And if you give it any merit or power, that's when they win. So if you just oh. don't, you know, if you play it off and you fucking joke about it or do something like that that they're not expecting, you know, they're going to be like, what the fuck? They don't get any yeah. power from it. So I wanted to, I know you don't like to get political, but there's a couple of things going on with the uh, civil unrest and the divide when it comes to black or white or white and the minorities. Did you see the story, uh, the NASCAR story about uh, Bubba Wallace, uh, their only African-American driver? Did you hear anything about that? Yeah, I was just reading about that this morning. I read, well, I, I follow like the New York Post and stuff on Twitter. So it said Marty Smith outraged about what happened. And then I read it and I was like, it didn't really sound like Marty Smith was outraged, but he didn't go on a profane uh, laced pirate like they uh, made it sound. Oh, he did drop the F-bomb. I don't know if they if they cut that out, but yeah, he said fuck a couple of times on ESPN. Oh, now okay. I I wanted to talk about this. Now, um, I don't know how much you follow NASCAR, and 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 I I has I hesitate in saying this. I think it is true, but you got to realize there were no fans that were allowed in the infield, so no fans had access to that area. They ended up finding the noose in Bubba Wallace's uh, garage. Now, Bubba did not find the news. It was another crew member. Now, the reason I like Twitter is you'll see random things uh, trending. And Jesse Smollett was trending uh, last night. Now, you know who Jess 
Jesse Smollett is, right? Yeah, the act, is, the actor that uh, uh, was on Empire, right? Yeah, and he made up he made up the attack, the uh, racial attack. Now everybody was like, "Oh, this is kind of convenient right now," you know, because look at it this way: last night when this whole news story came out, every single professional African American athlete was talking about NASCAR. And you know those people, I, I shouldn't say those people because it makes me... See, yeah, there you is, go. I know this is why it sucks broadcasting or, or producing content in in this environment because everything you say could be taken the wrong way. Uh, I don't know. Do you understand what I'm saying by that or is it just me? That everything can get taken the wrong way or that, that it was yes. an, a possible inside job on the new steel? I mean, come on though. Listen, you got to think about it this way. NASCAR is the only sport owned by someone. All these other sports, NBA, baseball, football, all that, that is owned by the owners, multiple people. NASCAR is owned by an entity like a family, the France family. Um, so they've been struggling right now and they see this going on. They're getting rid of the Confederate flag. And yes, this is bad for the sport to see this. But it's going to get people behind it, in my opinion. I'm not saying this is true, but you can't say it's not possible after the Jesse Smollett uh, deal. I agree with that. I also agree with the statement that I'm going to make right now that this wouldn't have happened in the swerving Ernie Irvin days. God damn it. I just was taking a sip of soda and almost fucking spit it all over my PT Cruiser. How you knew Ernie Irvin? That I mean, that's impressive. My dad loved Ernie Irvin. Oh, and I, you realize he was wearing an iPad for a little while after he got in that badass accident. Yeah, he was the man. That's why I had to bring him up. I used to watch NASCAR a lot in the uh, early '90s, mid '90s, and that's probably where I, I loved back in the day when Rusty Wallace got that huge fine and he paid it all in pennies. Yeah. Now let me ask you this: What is worse for NASCAR? That they found a noose? Or if they found out that this was all like a ploy. I think it being fake is worse, in my opinion. I hope it's not fake. But I also don't think that Bubba Wallace would be that type of dude to fake but something like that. he didn't find the news, though. It was a crew member that found it. So did he have any contact? I don't know the particulars of the story. Did he have any contact with it? Or somebody found it before he got somebody in there? Somebody found it before he did. Now, like I said, no fans were in that area so if somebody did it it had to be a track employee a race team employee or a nascar employee it so, couldn't have been the fans yeah maybe the flag guys got a you know held in a grudge <laughs> now did you also see so they banned the the confederate flag uh from inside the track but did you see that some asshole paid a plane to carry a confederate flag um behind an airplane over the track Really? Yeah. That's a, you know what? That's, hey, if he's going to spend the money, I mean, I guess it's his right. That seems kind of oh, wasteful, yeah, but. Right. It's definitely his right. I just think that this is, now, now hear me out here. I think it's true. I just, I'm throwing out all possibilities, especially, you can't say that it's out of the question because it happened with the Jesse Smollett thing. Now, would it, would it show you or make you think it's even more? Bubba Wallace, they're racing at Talladega. Now, being a fan of NASCAR, you know, anybody can win a restrictor plate race because everybody is really equal with each other. 
What if Bubba Wallace wins today? I think that's going to throw up some red flags. Um, they might, and you know, it might, but I, you know, that's actually a really good question. Now let's see what happens if it actually, you know, transpires. Now, I, I'm just throwing out all these questions. I don't want people to think that I believe that it's fake, but you, you can't take it out of the possibility of it being possible. You, you just can't. Yeah, and I, it has to be, like you said, if there's no fans allowed, there's not people sneaking in there and then sneaking out to put a new. Somebody would have caught somebody doing something like that. Yeah, and I've gone to a lot of events. There are cameras all over the place there because NASCAR is a big corporation and they need to cover their asses because, you know, NASCAR is very accessible to the fans. Even the fans can go into the infield and get as close as they can. Um, so they got to have cameras all over the place in case, you know, somebody gets hurt or a fan or, or stuff when they're in the infield. Exactly. Yeah. So, all right, I want to move on to something else, okay? Did you watch any of the Donald Trump rally? And I'm not getting political here, but I just the hypocrisy, because I, I'm getting to the point where I'm not going to talk politics with people anymore because it's absolutely fucking pointless. It is. Yeah, I agree with you. Because you can have hardcore facts, scientific proof, and nobody's going to believe anything you say if, if it's the opposite of your opinion. That's why I take an ostrich approach to it. And, oh, just stick your hand to her head in the sand? Yep, I don't want to hear what anybody has to say because I don't vote, I don't care to vote, and it's my yeah. right not to. Exactly. Now, what do you think Trump wants to give people a year in jail for burning the American flag? That's where I had to throw my hands up and said, I can't support this motherfucker if he, you know, I mean, it's a goddamn law. Supreme Court said it's your First Amendment right. When you start fucking with the First Amendment, and I'm sure it's important to you just as much as it is to me, because that's what we do for a living. What we love to do is the First Amendment. Yes, I agree with the First Amendment thing. If people want to burn flags, I look at it like this. You know when um, LeBron James left Cleveland and people were burning his jerseys and memorabilia yeah. like freaks? They paid uh, for that shit. If they want to exactly, burn it, yes. that's their right. Do I find it appalling? Yeah, because a lot of that stuff could have been, you know, donated stuff. People were burning shoes that were expensive and stuff like that. If people want to burn flags, it's their right to. I don't condone it. I'm not going to be burning any flags personally. But No, I would never do it. I don't support it. But it's somebody's right to do that, though. I, I agree with that. Yes. All right, I'm getting off the politics. Now, have you seen this new show that's coming out called Cracka? No. What's this about? Okay. So now I when I first saw the trailer for this, I was like, oh, this this is one of those fan-made trailers. This is complete bullshit. And then I, I had to do some research and I was like, God damn, this is gonna be an actual show. It is an alternate reality where Caucasians and whites are the slaves and African-Americans are the slave owners. Oh, okay. Now, what happens is there's this neo-Nazi guy living in the present day. And somehow, I don't know all the details, he ends up back in the day, but in an alternate 
universe where the whites are the slaves. I will watch the shit out of this because I'm I it intrigues me very much so. But do you feel like this is going to cause some problems, or do you? I mean, I don't get bothered by people's art, you know, their vision on things. I don't either. Um, what is it on a major network? I, I they did not say yet because I think they were going to be it's it's going to be a streaming like online. I don't think any of the networks are going to touch it. Okay, but. Uh, I think it was going to be on Amazon, and I think Amazon dropped it. Oh, okay, yeah. If it comes out on a streaming service or something like, you know, even a HBO Max's deal type, yeah, um, scenario, that would be fine because let it. Uh, I would want to see it unfiltered, if anything. That's yes. what I was going to get at. Exactly. If, if they put I it on, wanted, I want to see it raw. If they put it on the CW, I'm going to be very, very upset. <laughs> well, I mean. The CW did have some bad shows. Now, let me ask you. The CW was another network at one point. Didn't they originally carry Dawson's Creek at one point? Yeah, they were I the Warner did. Brothers network. Yeah, yeah, WB. Um, so they had that. And I what was some of the other shows? Uh, One Tree Hill or something? I don't even know. They had the Waynes they had Brothers. All... They had the, the Jamie Kennedy experiment back uh, in the day. Oh, did you watch that? Um, What was it? Something Malibu, where he was like the wannabe rapper or Malibu's uh, most wanted. Yeah. Yeah, man. The best Jamie Kennedy thing ever, if you want to watch something hilarious, is Google the New Year's Eve party or the New Year's Eve uh, live cast that he did with that one guy that when he was pretending to be a rapper for a while on that MTV show. They were on live television in L.A. and people were dropping F-bombs and fucking stuff up. It is some of the most hilarious clips that you will ever watch. Now, Jamie Kennedy does not get a lot of credit. A lot of people wanted to hate on him. But some of this stuff. Now, I don't know if you're like me. I like that um, uncomfortable uh, comedy type stuff like. You know, some of my favorite radio is some of the most, if it's really uncomfortable on the radio where people are out of their comfort zone, I fucking love that shit. That's you why know? I loved Ron and Fez. Yes, exactly. I absolutely love that shit. And and the more it made my skin crawl, the more it, it would make my skin crawl and I would get embarrassed, you know, <laughs> but I would still, I'd be like, oh, this is fucking great. Now, Jamie Kidney, Kennedy. I thought he was great in the Scream movies. His character, did you did you like him in any of the Scream movies? Yes, I thought he was perfect as that as that role. I thought he was going to just be that guy. I didn't even realize he was a stand-up until later on. I, yeah, maybe no, he wasn't. He, I mean, he was always good. Like He came to Orlando a couple of times and was very, very cool to us. Now, I, you're a big fan of radio. Some comedians, they want to come in. And, you know, working on an FM talk format, I hate when comedians come in to do an interview and they'll try to set it up where they can do their routine. Have you ever seen them do that before? Like they'll come in and they'll make comments just to set up where they can get into their routine and shit. It's always so uncomfortable. Did you have that happen a lot there? That's like a Bob and Tom type thing, isn't it? A couple of times. A couple of times. That, uh, yeah, Bob and Tom always seem to set people up like that. That's what I've heard from other comedians that they hated doing their show because they didn't want to do material. Yeah. Now, Richard Lewis might have been one of the best guys that just came in and just bullshitted with us. Like, 
uh, Richard Lewis. I, I think I have the name right. He's the yeah. white comedian. Um, you, He's you on Curb, him, right? Yeah, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just came in and just bullshitted. And that was some of the craziest shit. Now, I will tell you, back to my uncomfortable radio deal, Tracy Morgan came in with his opener for for his set that he was doing. You know, they always have a comedian they bring on bring on tour with them yeah. as their opener. It it's always got to be a good friend and he's not he's not he's good but can't be too good to outshine the closer, the headliner. Um now Tracy came in. He must have been high as a fucking kite. I'm not talking on hardcore drugs, but you know, maybe like some weed and he came in with his opener and they just basically ignored everybody on the show and just went back and forth and pretty much just did their own thing. And it was so fucking uncomfortable. I'll send you the clip because Tracy and him just uh, back and forth kept saying, Chuck, ducky, quack, quack. Tracy would say, Chucky, ducky. And the guy would say, quack, quack. And they, oh, just they were doing that. Going to the- if you would have been like hamburger and done some yeah. old school stuff like that, I bet he would have popped, man. Yeah, because I looked back on that and found out that Shucky Ducky thing was like an old comedian or Sh- something. Shucky Ducky quack quack. Yeah. So they were doing that and it was so uncomfortable. Oh, and we had uh, Tiffany who was like just got into radio, maybe a year and a half. And she was sitting next to him and Trisha, yo. I want to take you behind the middle school bathroom and get you pregnant, girl. Give you those uh, C-section scars. And I was like, fuck, this is starting to get really uncomfortable. That's awesome that he said middle school. It could have been any type of school, a technical school, a vocational school. He went with middle. (laughs) It was weird. No, it was great. It was fucking hilarious. But our host doesn't like to lose control. And and I he was uncomfortable yeah that's not good if you're one of those people but if you're a fly by the seat of your pants type host which are awesome you know what it, there's all different kinds of hosts and it's a hard thing to do live radio and uh, you know in any time of the day let alone the mornings when people are usually half asleep anyway yeah i gotta tell you it was great having you on towards the end of that thing man i wish i could have talked more with you but I just wanted to get the fuck out of there. Um, and, and the thing is, is that I went back and I'm cutting uh, cutting up the stuff and, and uploading it to YouTube. And the first hour, 15 minutes, first hour, 20 was great. It was it was brilliant. And and then the last, though, it just bums me out. And that's the only thing I can think about is the bad part. Yeah, it's the last half. Well, thank God it didn't happen when you had big name guests like Russ Rollins on. I mean, yeah. that would, God, I would feel like shit then. Because the Russ and Janet interview went really, really well. I uploaded that 30 minute interview uh, to my YouTube channel. Awesome. Luckily, with the, luckily with the Zoom thing, there wasn't a lot of people on there. Uh, <laughs> so um, I'm able to do content or content control a little bit. So, uh, yeah. But I, I wish I could have talked to you more, but I really, really can't thank you enough for popping in. Well, thanks for letting those messages that I put on there about me uh, wanting to come on Hannah's Tits and all the other vulgarities that I was trying oh, to Oh, that type. was you? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was on four keyboards at once, as you could see, as I'm walking around out in the garden. Yeah. Now, um, 
tell me a little bit. You sent me a bit, and I'm going to play it right after this segment. Tell me a little bit about this bit. I mean, I want people to listen, so don't give it away, but just give me a little bit of a inspiration, how you thought of it. Um, honestly, it is, I basically wrote down just one line of it and you'll probably be able to pick up what it was. And I wrote a whole bit around it. I, uh, <laughs> went outside, I burned a wheel real quick as it were, and, uh, just came inside and closed my eyes and just started talking and came up with the next thing that you're going to hear in a few minutes or seconds or I whenever. Think I think I, I think I've asked you this before. Do you guys have medical up in Montana or no? That's where I work at. Okay. Yeah, you do do that. Now, before the medical came in, was the the street value weed there? The street weed was that any good? Because I would, I I couldn't imagine you getting like really good weed in in Montana. You would be surprised. I still go to the street as well. I mean, you know, it's sometimes it's comparable. You know what I mean? Sometimes there's because there's untethering now, which yeah. uh, is you can go to any medical dispensary with your medical marijuana card. So we've been, mm-hmm. I just started there this week, uh, or last week, uh, so they've been selling out since this happened like two or three weeks ago. Plus yeah. with Corona, people could buy up to five ounces in a day. So, wow. dude, people were coming in and buying a boatload. Now, can they, can you buy flour though? Like, yep. Or is it only wax or like oils? No, nope, nope. they have everything. Actually, the place that I work at, they're known for their edibles. Because they use distillate instead of like a butter. So the raspberry mm-hmm. bars taste like raspberry bars. They don't taste like weed and a little bit of raspberry in them. Oh, the snozberries taste like snozberries. Now yeah, you're right? getting it. <laughs> so, uh, well, that's really, really cool, man. Um, now talk to them. If they don't mind me, I mean, I'd be, I mean, they can, if you want to promote their stuff on, on the podcast, uh, you know, I'd find out from them first, but yeah, you know. I, I got to talk to them. What's going on. I'm starting to do that. I'm also, I'm also going to be, uh, taking back over my Monday shift at the public radio station, playing music here in the next couple Hell weeks. Yeah, so man. I'll let Congrats. everybody know about that and be able to plug the uh, Tuttle stuff on there at the end. Cause I was like, can I plug my stuff at the end? He's like, I don't care. I was like, right. That'll be sweet. So right before BBC news comes up, I'll be plugging everything. <laughs> well, listen, I really cannot thank you enough. I'm so happy to get you back on the show. I mean, I had you on Friday, but just me and you one-on-one because I think we work well together. And imagine what we could do if we were actually in the same room, because I, you know, a lot of people don't realize this. I think people work off of each other better when you're in the same room, because you can kind of feel, feel each other's energy a little bit more. Right. Manson is not, uh, it's a lot easier when you can see each other. <laughs> yeah. That I never understood why Bubba had, I mean, I understood having a dark studio. I love it, but you can't yeah, see we anybody. Could never see him. Never see him. Until you're looking on the Twitch cam and you're like, uh-oh, I, I, his eyebrows aren't moving. He may be mad. <laughs> All right. If, it, if everybody wants to check you out, Charlie, how can they find you? Oh, they can. There's, there's the Facebook page, facebook.com slash CCA Productions. Or just follow me on Twitter at CCA Production. I'm, if you want to send me a message on there, I'm usually messing around somewhere. So. All right, Charlie. Well, I really, really appreciate it, man. Um, I, I, I love your hustle. I love your talent and I, I want to do as much stuff with you as I can. So I know you're busy. Like I said, anytime you ever want to just get in, get in and, and, and mix it up and shoot the shit with me, I'll, I'll drop what I'm doing. 
Yeah, let's at least, uh, I'll at least get off my lazy ass and try to make it so it's one day, maybe, you know, Monday, since I'm free on this day, to uh, pop on the show and we can rap a little bit. All right, Charlie, have a good day, man. You as well. Nerd, radio personality, and hot talk satirizer. You're listening to the Tuttle Podcast. Tuttle's Daily Podcast is brought to you by StitchYouUp.com. For your embroidery, screen printing, vinyl, and direct-to-garment printing needs, visit StitchYouUp.com. StitchYouUp specializes in custom caps, shirts, decals, and anything you want to personalize. Whether it's one item or large orders, they can handle any size. Unsure about what you want? Let StitchYouUp help you with your logo design. Visit StitchYouUp.com. Or contact them, eric at stitchyouup.com. Stitch You Up, definitely not your grandma's embroidery. This is Bill Wendell for Wendell Family Home Security Systems. A lot of people claim to be in the family home security system business. Well, they're full of shit. How do I know? Because I started the family home security system business about 12 years ago. What exactly is the family home security system business? I'm going to tell you right now. It entitles the whole Wendell clan coming down on several buses and a few vans. We will patrol your area 24 hours a day to make sure you and your loved ones are safe. Hell, I'll put my 10-year-old up in the widow's peak of your roof with a high-powered rifle. That kid's a hell of a shot. Still unsure? Think about this. We were the family that protected El Chapo those years that he didn't get busted. We're Wendell Family Home Security Systems. When people try to come fuck with you, hire us. Hey, what's up, everybody? Once again, you know, this is kind of, I guess, how most podcasters are. You have to multitask, so... And I know this is going to sound like a repeat, but I am taking the garbage out and I gotta go run an errand and then go pick up food for my mom and dad. Now I'm gonna cook for them tomorrow. Not the biggest cooker. I do like to cook but I do most of my cooking outside on the grill. Now my mom's been sick. Well not sick. She's just been a little hurt and not feeling good because she had some potential skin cancer cut off of her face. It was right on her lip. And, you know, when you get older, you don't heal as quickly. And she got really swelled up and bruised. And she hasn't felt like doing anything. So I've been basically doing every every single thing. I've not let her do any physical work at all. So it's been kind of eating up my time to concentrate on the podcast. But I'm not complaining. I'm going to make it work. It's just I got to be creative on how I do it. So that's why I've been recording a lot of stuff when I go out and run errands. And I hope you guys aren't minding. I'm still trying to make it as entertaining as I can for you. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, be creative and think of different things that I can do. I wish this fucking pandemic would finally die down, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Everybody's like, oh, we're about to have a second wave. Well, guess what, motherfuckers? Uh, I don't even think we were done with the first because our great governor, Ron DeSantis, decided, hey, 
we need to open up as quickly as we can. And I knew that was going to be a big problem. And I agree. We cannot have our economy shut down for long periods of time. Because, yes, lives need to be saved. But how many lives are we going to ruin? How many people are going to lose their homes, their jobs, whatever it may be because of this whole thing? There needs to be a fine balance. And I knew it's either let's take care of it now, make sure we get the numbers low enough where we can manage it. But nope. Everybody wanted to rush to get back open. So that means we're going to have to deal with this again. And we're not even done with the first wave. So what's going to happen when we finally do get rid of it? And they're saying you're going to see a huge second wave during the wintertime. Not only are we going to be dealing with COVID-19, we're going to be dealing with the regular flu. Now, since I've lost my weight and I've been working out, I take vitamins every day, I think I'm in pretty decent shape right now. Not the, not the best I've ever been, but I think I would be able to fight off any sickness that I was able to get. Now, I could be wrong because I've heard of some younger people catching COVID-19 and having a horrible time with it. That's the thing about this disease is that you really don't know. It's so weird and affects so many different people and you just really don't know. I don't think they completely understand how this disease, this virus affects everybody. And we probably won't know until after we have a vaccine, which is really, really scary. And don't don't expect a vaccine right away. Because they're like, oh, we'll rush it. We need it. Do you realize that if we rush a vaccine and it's not tested, the vaccine could actually hurt us more than than the fucking coronavirus? By far, could make a lot of people sick. And I know like Trump and the Republicans are trying to rush this as fast as they can. But oh, my God, could you imagine how bad that would look? If they rushed the vaccine and that shit ended up killing people. All right. So I got to come in here and get a nine pack of the white crackers that I, uh, if you, if you listen to old podcast, you know what I'm talking about when I say white crackers and that's about it. So I'll be back in a few minutes. See ya. All right. So I got my dad's white boys. So what's up, man? Uh, how you doing? Just working. Yeah. Been busy today or no? No. No. What are you, stocking shelves and stuff yeah, now? Just organizing everything right now. Yeah. Getting ready to, to do my closing work. The parking lot's looking good. I mean, when it finally gets done, I think it'll be great. I think it'll be wonderful. Yeah, I do too. All right, ma'am. Well, I didn't mean to bother you. Just going to get in line here. All right. I had to go pay my stuff place was really busy today but i will admit this nobody was buying goddamn lottery tickets today so i didn't have to wait in line for that but now let's see if i can make it through here i don't think i can make it through here because this guy pulled up so fucking dark i swear to god man people are fucking idiots i gotta stop cursing because i get an email from somebody saying oh i love the show you do too many days in a row. 
You're kind of like diluting your brand. I'm like, oh, well, that's the first time in the history of my broadcasting career that I've had somebody bitch about me putting out too much content. And then the other advice he gave me, oh, I had to uh, cut off episode 93 because the profanity was just way too much. And I don't think I overcurse. I will admit, I do get in these little moods where I will overcurse. And I don't want to become too confident or comfortable with cursing a lot because when I get back on terrestrial radio, I want to make sure that I don't curse. I've only one time in my 20 years have I ever cursed on the air, and that was when I was in the mental institution and I just was not aware of my surroundings. So, all right, I'm going in the cam lot. show for today thanks for listening to the Tuttle daily podcast hey don't be a dickhead do us a favor share like and subscribe to the show also check out the Tuttle category at 315live.com the Tuttle daily podcast was brought to you by total wireless of palm bay stitchyouup.com pocketbearclub.com special thanks to show intern hannah and charlie alamo for their contributions additional imaging and production is provided by cca productions Facebook.com slash CCA Productions Presents. Show voiceover services brought to you by jcvoiceoverservices.com. That guy's got a goddamn sexy voice. You should hire him. If you want to help support the show, paypal.me slash Tuttle on the radio. Comments? Concerns? You want to let Tuttle know he's being a dick? Go to Tuttle at gmail.com. To follow all of Tuttle's social media, go to Tuttle.net. That's Tuttle with two Ds dot net. Thanks again for all your support, and we'll see you tomorrow on the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hey, yo, Terry, fuck going on?